Happy New Year, everyone. Welcome to 2024. I hope you have had a beautiful few weeks, Christmas if you celebrate it, and special time with family and friends. I know some of us work through, especially retail and hospitality folks. I see you. So I hope you're doing great as well, even though you've been working. I'm currently in America on a family holiday and I'm taking a break from recording fresh content until mid-January. So I've selected this podcast rerun for you as it was a great performing episode at the time and one that I think is really relevant for this time of year. It's all about my favorite productivity tips, eight of them to be exact. And I think listening or re-listening to this episode will set you off on the right track in this new calendar year. Enjoy. Welcome to the Straight Up Small Business Podcast. I'm Beck Buchanan, accountant turned bookkeeping business owner. I'm passionate about small businesses like yours, and I create this weekly podcast to support and inspire you to make the next best decision in your business journey. Today, I want to talk about productivity as it's something I've been working hard on this last six months, and I've been working on it within the realm of my other work that I'm doing on myself, which is on the being versus doing work. Alana Robertson of Found Her and I did a podcast on this topic, which I can link to in the show notes, but to explain quickly... Following my completing Alana's PACE course last year, which is all about sustainable work habits, I've been focusing on not racing through my life, jumping to the next thing, but rather taking the time to just be. Yoga, meditation, things you love, really being present when spending time with your children, etc. So I just want to preface this episode with the fact that my angle for being more productive isn't about squeezing more work into my day. Instead, I approach being more productive by trying to work smarter and not harder. And I'm having some success. But this has taken three years of getting to this point, honestly. When I started my business, I was working all the time, partly because I was learning the ropes partly because I absolutely love what I do and can't stop doing it, and partly because there was just so much to do. But it meant life was slipping by me somewhat. Like I would put my boys to bed and then start up work again, and with my husband working away from home in Sydney a lot of the week, I would stay up late working into the night or the early hours of the morning because there was no one there to remind me how ridiculous my work patterns had become. I still, to this day, don't really understand entrepreneurs who love watching reality TV shows at night. I would rather have my head in a business book and be progressing my business forward. But I've learnt, and I knew then, to be honest, I just was pushing the boundaries a bit too much, that this way of living and working is not sustainable. It's just that I've been a bit baffled till now about how to achieve all that I want to achieve during school hours or in the four-hour work week or even in a four-day work week, which I know there's a lot of media attention about that and books written about things like that at the moment that are doing the rounds. But that for me just wasn't really possible with the amount of things that I was hoping to achieve. 
So I knew and I know that I needed to learn some better work habits to become successful in my life and not just my business. And whilst I'm still a work in progress when it comes to all of these things, I'm loving the following eight productivity hacks or tips that I'm about to mention. They have really helped me in my work and my life, and I hope that by sharing them, I might help you too. So let's dive in. So my first tip is around dedicated deep work times. I was first introduced to the topic of deep work when I read Cal Newport's book called Deep Work. And deep work is a state of peak concentration that lets you learn hard things and create quality work quickly. And you can only do deep work when you free yourself from distractions so that you can enter a flow state with the task at hand. I realized that I was never doing deep work Or if I was, it was by accident. Sometimes I can lose myself in a spreadsheet and get really in flow, as they say. But generally, I was completely distracted every working day by phone calls and emails and my own tendency to jump to a new task when I haven't completely finished the one I was originally working on or go to Sydney Morning Herald online just to check the news headlines for the day, or I'm sure most of us can relate to opening up Instagram for a quick scroll. Since reading the book, and now recognizing how many other authors and entrepreneurs refer to deep work, so I'm continually learning about it, I now block out times in my diary to do hard things, where I remove all distractions and I discipline myself to not do any other task till I've achieved what I set out to. For me, this is really important in writing podcast episodes and creating my courses. There is always client work and team things that I need to answer that are pulling at me. So I need to be very rigid with my content creation times and almost talk to myself saying things like, I know that client email is really important, Beck, but it can wait two hours till you get this done. So push on. This is your deep work time. I know that sounds ridiculous, but it's that voice in my head saying, no, this is deep work. Everything else can go away. My number two tip is letting go of inbox zero. And this is a nice follow-on from my deep work learnings in that whilst inbox zero used to be a goal for me because it feels really good to go, yay, inbox zero, how neat and tidy and amazing and organized am I? I have really let go of this goal these days. I read another book that really changed the game for me here. It's called Busy and it's written by Tony Crabb. There was a lot of good stuff in this book, but my main takeaway was the knowledge that there's no needle moving or greatness that ever came from achieving inbox zero. If you think of the amazing achievements of famous people in the world, I don't think it's ever because they got to inbox zero. And I love that sort of as a thought to, you know, bring you back to reality about whether that's really a good goal to have. Clearing your inbox is considered busy work. It's letting other people decide what you're going to do today rather than self-authoring what you want to do today. Clearing emails will give you a dopamine hit in that you're feeling productive and like you're achieving things when you clear them, but it's not going to move your business forward in any significant way. Now, I'm in a client service business, so of course, emails from our clients are important. 
but I'm trying to get clients to email my team because they're the bookkeepers in charge of our clients rather than me where possible so that they get quicker answers. And we're actually setting up a client care inbox for client concerns specifically. But I'm also trying to only look at my emails twice per day rather than racing to respond to things like I used to. I know that clearing my emails is just a form of procrastination for me as I avoid doing big hard things like focusing on becoming a B Corp or writing my group mentoring program or batching podcasts in favor of clearing emails which are easy and make you feel good. My goal now is to know that I've scanned my emails for the important stuff and assigned responsibility for them to relevant team members and trusting myself that I have time set to delve into my emails rather than clearing emails constantly throughout the day to achieve inbox zero nirvana because if it does come it only lasts one minute anyway before the next email arrives and stuffs it up again. (laughs) Number three tip is day theming. Now, I've been doing this for a while now, but I only recently learnt the name Day Theming from Kaya Walling. So thanks, Kaya. I absolutely love it. Day Theming means doing set activities on set days. For me, this is how my week looks. On Mondays, I only do client work. It's busy and hectic and I love it. And I just know that I get so much done for our clients on Mondays. On Tuesdays, I do podcast writing and ideally podcast recording days. I also have team meetings on Tuesdays and potentially client meetings as well. On Wednesdays, I either finish recording the podcast if I need to or hold podcast interviews. I write course content and deliver course content on this day too, and I'm happy to hold client meetings or team meetings in need. On Thursdays, this is a really fluid day for me and I save it for volunteering in my community. I also like to have this day for professional development as it's my coaching day and a day I tend to work on my business. Fridays, well, I always say Friday mornings for surf lessons or as we call them in our surfing group, Friday board meetings. (laughs) And the afternoon is for review work for my team and admin work and also finance pack preparation for those clients that I do this for. Now, of course, these things don't always go to that perfect plan. When it's Baz time or month end, I'm pretty much reviewing work every single day, but I know to never allow a client meeting on a Monday unless it's for the clients I'm doing finance work for on Mondays. And I know if the school wants a volunteer that Thursdays are the only day I can do. With those examples, you can see how my life becomes really clear for me to organize things with the concept of day theming. Number four tip is having dedicated task work times. Now, a lot of what I do isn't deep work. It's writing an email for my email list or reviewing content for my VA to post on social media or reviewing Baz work that my team has prepared, etc. And because I have a thousand distractions around me, if I'm not careful, I can find myself toggling between three tasks at once or more. And multitasking like this has been proven not to work. So that might be a podcast episode in itself at a later date. We'll see. So to keep myself focused in short bursts, I have been loving the Pomodoro technique. Again, thanks Kai Walling for this. I used it in a group session with her recently, but I've also used this technique in Steph Taylor's courses as well. So it must be a thing out there in the entrepreneurial world because I'm seeing it more and more. Essentially, it's setting a timer, which you can do on your phone, but I love the official Pomo Focus timer, which you can find online. 
what happens here is you work for 25 minutes per this timer and then it goes off and then you rest for five minutes where you're meant to get up, walk around, have a little break and then go back and do another 25 minute block. And this technique is designed to combat multitasking and improve concentration. It's definitely helping me. I don't use it for bookkeeping work because I could never get much done in 25 minutes, but I do use it for reviewing work and content creation and working on my business tasks. It's like, come on back, you've got 25 minutes, let's see what you can get done and don't stop till the 25 minutes is up. I love it. Okay, so number five tip is making a manageable task list. For years, I was putting way too much on my to-do list and then ending the day feeling really flat because I didn't achieve half the things I intended to per the list. But the reason I didn't achieve the things is because the task list was too crazy to ever be achieved. These days, I'm more realistic about what I can achieve in a day and I set my to-do list accordingly. And there's a bit more to it than that. I learned in Alana's PACE course, actually, about holding a morning meeting with myself. And the crux of this meeting is to ask yourself in the morning, does my day make sense now that I'm here? And you make adjustments to your schedule early on in the day rather than hoping for the best and letting your day unfold and ruin everything. (laughs) You see, the meeting you put in your diary last week for today may not make sense anymore. And the pack that you intended to produce today may not be able to be produced today because you're waiting on inputs from someone else. Whatever the case may be, I found it very useful to relook at my day when it has arrived and refine my task list accordingly. And in that task list, I also number the two priorities or non-negotiables of the day to ensure that these get dealt with before anything has the chance to go astray. I do these tasks first and do the best I can with what's left. I love the saying, eat the frog first. Essentially, this just means do your hardest, most important task, i.e. the frog, first every single day, and don't put it off until later. Number six tip is plan it out, and I do this on Sundays and every other workday. I love to plan things out to keep myself feeling in control. On Sundays, I do what's called a Sunday session. In this Sunday session, which lasts just 15 minutes with a timer on, you look at your week and plan it out so that come Monday morning, you feel totally in control of your week and aren't flabbergasted by emails and tasks coming at you left, right and center. I love it. And I look like I head into Mondays feeling really in control instead of having those Sunday blues, which I recall getting in my corporate life more often than I would have liked. But every night as well, or afternoon, if I was living my ideal day, when I'm finishing up work, I also plan out the next day. So I look at what I didn't get through that day and I shift it to the next day or later in the week by writing it down in my planner. And I also consider what else has come up for tomorrow that I should be considering. Like the Sunday session, I then head into each workday feeling in control when I sit down at my desk each day. And it's worth mentioning that though I'm totally in love with all the e-tools we have at our fingertips these days, like for me, it's Office 365, Calendar, Trello, and also Carbon, which is my workflow system, I still value the act of writing things down in a daily planner. It really gets my head in the game and mentally reaffirms what I want to be working on that day or week, more so than an entry in my electronic calendar. That's just my personal preference. So number seven tip is mindset and learning. 
I'm a lifelong learner and continuing to practice all the things I've mentioned and learn new and better ways of doing things is really central to my continuing to improve my productivity. I keep working on my mindset all the time with books and meditation and reflection and witnessing my own behaviors. Even whilst writing the prep for this podcast episode, I checked Instagram a couple of times and looked at the Sydney Morning Herald because I was just procrastinating, I guess. And I'm really aware of these behaviors. And now I have a voice in my head that tells me, get back to it, Beck. Like you're just procrastinating, you're wasting time and you'll be cranky when you have to pick the kids up from school and you haven't got three work days. So stop because I really, really don't want to be working late this year and I need to abandon the procrastination and multitasking that I tend to do while my children are at school so that I can get done all that I need to and improve my amazing business in traditional business hours. That's my goal. Number eight tip is to create more than I consume. And this is a big one. But if you want to move the needle forward in your business, you're going to need to be laser focused on what you want to achieve and not waste time looking at what everyone else is doing. So whilst I enjoy social media, I only go there after I've done the hard things in my own business each day, the frogs, and I keep my social screen time to less than 15 minutes per day. And whilst I also love reading books and listening to Audible and podcasts, I really try and implement the lessons and findings I discover via these mediums rather than just learning for the sake of it. Well, there you have my eight tips for being more productive and working smarter rather than harder. And a lot of it comes down to witnessing yourself getting off track and bringing yourself back on track. Because if you, like me, want to achieve big things and don't want to work 38 hours a week, then I don't think we can be left to our own devices without a couple of tricks up our sleeve. To recap, here are my tips again. Number one, dedicated deep work times. Number two, letting go of inbox zero. It doesn't move the needle forward in your business. Number three, day theming. Number four, dedicated task work times and using the Pomodoro focus timer or the Pomodoro technique. Number five, making a manageable list. Number six, planning it out on Sundays and every workday. Number seven, mindset and learning and being a continual learner. And number eight, creating more than you consume. And if you're a bookkeeper and would like to know more about not just my productivity tips, but how I run my bookkeeping business specifically, then I invite you to have a look at my Bookkeeping at Real mentoring program. Please jump on the wait list if you're interested to learn more. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Have a wonderful week and I will catch you next time. Mm-hmm.